this is episode number 95 and today we're talking all about food cravings. Welcome along, I'm Nicola Smith, your personal trainer, nutrition and lifestyle coach. Now each week I bring you an educational or inspiring message to help you unlock your true health and well-being and ultimately lead a life that energizes and inspires you. Now today's show is brought to you by our very next online boot camp and we have just started filming this in the beautiful Whangamata. It's all getting you ready for summer. It's got a real summery feel and it is just going to be the best boot camp that we have done and I can't wait to bring it to you. Hip workouts, extreme workouts, yoga, core, through to mobility work, you get all the nutritional information plus we have all the live fitness testings at the start and super awesome prizes that we are going to be giving away so make sure you check out all the information on that which is going to be coming up really really soon. So today I'm going to be talking all about food craving, what causes them, what are they, how do you get through them and what's the best way for you to be dealing with them when they do kick in. But before I get into all of that, I just thought I might explain where I have been because you may have noticed that it has been a few weeks or a bit longer than that since I did um, some podcasts. I did last week's but before that there was a bit of a break and the reason for that is simply because we have been, we sold our house and we are homeless. (laughs) So we've been um, parked up in Whangamata Beach and this is... Um, not the most ideal setting for recording podcasts, if you can picture it. I've got Ben in the kitchen on on a, um, what are they called, um, bookshelf with his computer and I'm just over on the table and like we're all in the same room. It's quite a small room and it's not really conducive to um, film, to recording podcasts because I'll be talking and he's right there and that's kind of awkward when you kind of talking to yourself in a microphone, somebody's just over there, and just the sound in that room as well just wasn't going to work, so um, hence the delay, and it's not that I didn't try doing it, I did record quite a few of them, and they just didn't sound very good, and it was just awkward, so just put me off doing them for a wee while, but I did get lots of research done on what I want to be talking about, which is really cool. And so right now, we're not there, and I'm actually house-sitting, so we're somewhere else, and I've got a cool little room that, an office that I can sit in, and it's been nice and quiet, so I've been able to get that while we are digging away on our land, and it's starting to move some dirt around and get some things happening up there, so really looking forward to being able to record from there when we have that home base but if you notice that podcasts have just slipped away or I miss a week you know why it's just because I haven't been able to find the space for that week and it's the same if you might have noticed as well that I haven't done any recipes in a wee while either and that's again just a similar situation that I have tried and it just hasn't worked because I just don't have the pantry and the things to make that work and so it's um yeah, they'll, they'll just come out sporadically, but until we, we get back into a real routine, and it doesn't mean, you know, six months of our life is sort of turned upside down, but it's all leading towards that ultimate dream that we want, so you do you do these sorts of things, and you make do with it, and so I hope you understand if there's some things that are 
aren't quite there like they were a few months ago or if you notice that I'm not there you, you know what's happening and that's just life and it doesn't mean that I'm not trying but I, I will be getting back to the swing of it because I do absolutely love bringing you podcasts and I love bringing you recipes every week as well so I'm really looking forward to finding that space to be able to do that again. So today is all about food cravings and this is something that all of us would have experienced in the past to some degree, could be an intense desire to just devour a specific food without any thought to what it will do for our body, is it going to be good, is it going to make us feel sick or is it just this intense craving and it's not something, it may not be something that you actually want to eat, it could be, or it could be something that you really do want to eat, but it could be this intense kind of craving for something like salt and vinegar chips, or some white chocolate ice cream, or, um, uh, I'm not sure, but you know, you know what I mean, so it's really like this whole battle with your mind, and it can be really difficult to overcome, unless you know how to control your food cravings, and what sometimes they can mean. So there's heaps of surveys that found that 100% of young women and 70% of young men experience food cravings within the period of year. So you're not alone. And depending on what you eat can be depending can be dependent on what sort of food cravings you get and how much they turn up all the time. And so generally when you're getting on more of a real food, um, nutrient-dense diet, those cravings will disappear, but sometimes they can come in as well. So if Westerners have a habit of craving foods that are highly appealing to the palate and really energy dense, and so those foods can have real high sugar or high fat content as well, or it can even have both, which is equally as nasty. And this is because our brains are biologically wired to find and consume high calorie fatty foods. But these types of foods and the modern types of these foods are what's making us sick and what's making us overweight and just feel awful all of the time. So there's more and more studies that show that these food cravings are leading to obesity, diabetes, sleep deprivation and eating disorders. So our natural survival instincts and the mechanisms that we have date right back to our hunter and gatherer days. And from what scientists know about the early sense ancestors is that they used to get really fixated on consuming high calorie foods because this is what made them stay alive it's that um you know they weren't sure when food was going to be turning up so when they did eat it was foods that were really nutrient dense and going to keep them sustained for a decent amount of time and these foods ensure that they'll be able to store excess calories as fat and they'd also be able to survive through the leaner times that they experience throughout the year so from that, you can kind of see where it's going right and, and where people are getting it kind of wrong. So with, with this wiring of looking for really nutrient-dense, calorie-rich foods, it works for our ancestors because it wasn't around, but now this type of food is everywhere. The availability of this food and the, um, the accessibility to these foods all of the time with things like supermarket, fast food joints, vending machines, um, your fridge, your pantry. It's not that hard to see why people are just eating eating so much. And it was only 10,000 years ago that people only ate meat and that they could hunt out plants that they could gather and that were available in that season. Not only that, 
these people would be expending energy looking for their food and how much energy they would expend would be dependent on how hungry they were and how how the availability of the food that was coming up. So when it comes to heading into your supermarket or the drive through or your fridge, you don't necessarily have to expend much energy to go for your food. So there's this, there's this equation that's being um, unbalanced. So there's certain causes of food cravings. According to research and articles posted on the Frontiers Journal, food cravings are a multi-dimensional experience and can be broken into three categories. First category is cognitive, so it's thinking about food. Second one is emotional, so it's the desire to eat or, cha or the, to change your mood. Three is behavioural, seeking or consuming food. And four is um, physiological, so salivation. And what's interesting in these is that they're able to pinpoint what drives food cravings and how we can work towards controlling them. And so within this study, they published a journal of eating disorders found that women and men were food cravers. So it's not just us women who always experience it, both are equally going to have food cravings. Women in particular were much more concerned about their weight than they were about the, than the non-cravers of the study. What found, they found interesting was that women said that they were more likely to experience frequently negative feelings when indulging their cravings, whereas men experienced positive feelings more frequently when indulging their cravings. This study came to a conclusion that food cravings were strongly associated with mood, but just in a different way depending on the gender. And we've all had that feeling when we want to go eat something because we, want, we think it'll make us feel better and then it's that kind of really guilt because you've either overeaten or it, or it shouldn't be something you've eaten or you've you know, you've got these strict boundaries on and suddenly you're eating something that's not within those boundaries. And so this was further confirmed in the study that within the appetite journal, so this is another study, where food cravings, dietary restraint and mood were analysed in a group of 206 women. It found that while some food cravings were related to dietary restraint, the majority were linked to emotional eating and susceptibly to hunger. The authors of the study chose 20 women to continue the study to further understand their relationship to food cravings. This group consisted of 10 women who experienced food cravings and 10 women who really craved foods. They were to keep a di diary which outlined the food intake, daily mood and any food craving episodes. The behaviour of the women in both groups were both really, really different. So the food cravers tended to consume a diet that was slightly higher in energy than the non-cravers. What was really interesting is that the, the cravers had significantly higher rates of boredom and anxiety throughout the day and like a and an altering mood, which was evident because they experienced the food cravings associated and that correlated with those times. So there's also heaps of research and studies on the mental that suggests mental imagery that may be linked to food cravings. People with specific food cravings often have a vivid image of what the food looks like. The more vivid the picture, often the more intense the person's craving is likely to be. This is believed to have knocked on effect the ability to function and mental, 
to, as the mental imagery consumes your brain power. So those who are imagining specific food found to have less focus recalled fewer words and took longer to solve problems than those who weren't experiencing food cravings. So when we are craving foods, it's taking up our brain power and this can ultimately affect you know, how productive you are, what you're able to get done, how focused you're able to be. And you can see why um, with this imagery that, that that is associated with food cravings, why billboards and why TV adverts all have an effect on our cravings as well because it puts this image within our head and can make you ex which makes you then start to crave those foods. So this is why it's really important to be aware of what you're surrounding yourself with. Are you constantly looking at things that make you want to eat junk food? You know, Pinterest is a great way that I love to um, get inspiration and in looking through recipe books and get inspired to cook really healthy, amazing, fresh, vibrant food. But if I was scrolling through and looking at um, cakes and cookies and biscuits and all these desserts, of course that's what I'm going to crave. So knowing that what you put in front of your head can, if in front of your eyes, can affect your food cravings is going to help you understand how you can control them as well. So there's science behind making food as well. So because it's not surprising that food manufacturers obviously know this and so they've jumped into the attraction to that they have certain foods that they use to make their own products more desirable. So food scientists spend their time making sure that there's the perfect amount of salt in the food, the perfect amount of sugar, the perfect amount of fat in their products to keep you wanting more and to consume more and more and are satisfied that natural, um, you know, nutrient-dense taste that we are wired to want. So Stephen Withery, a food scientist who studied and makes certain foods tastier than others for over 20 years, he acknowledges that there's two main factors that make the experience of eating more pleasurable. So the first, the sensation of eating food, what it tastes like, smells like, and feels like in the mouth. And second, the macronutrient makeup of the food, the blends of the protein, fats, and carbohydrates. So taking these two factors into consideration, he suggests that there are specific ways in which food companies create processed foods to excite your brain and keep you buying their products. So there's a huge contrast and this is one of the one when this is happening, there is one food that's a different sensation, such as like an Oreo cookie with a crunchy biscuit and a creamy filling. So there's a dynamic contrast within this food. There's also a salivary response. The more saliva a food causes your body to create, the more flavor covers your taste bud and fills your mouth. So things like sauces and butter and salad dressings and ice cream are all emulsified foods that really excite the brain. Then we've got like a varnishing cal caloric density. These are the foods that literally melt in your mouth. So the process, they signal to your brain that you're not eating as much as you really are, which leads you to overeating. So things like Cheetos or those sort of biscuits that are really puffy and they can sort of just melt away in your mouth. This is a great example of that kind of thing. Then you've got um, like a sensory specific response. So food manufacturers don't ever want your brain to lose the pleasure of eating a particular food, otherwise known as sensory specific response. So they create foods that taste interesting enough to keep you really excited. 
but they don't dull your sensory response. Then lastly, you've got your calorie density. Processed foods are designed to have just the right amount of proteins, fats and carbohydrates to trick you into thinking you're getting nutrition without filling you up. And your brain will think you're getting energy by eating the product, but you're not getting enough calories to signal that you're full. And so this is why a whole bag of chips, even though you're not really hungry, you can demolish the whole thing. So food cravings are getting affected by what's being put in front of us. And the more um, technology, the more research, the more studies, the more clever food manufacturers are getting. And they're spending millions of dollars to create food that you will crave and essentially keep you buying them. So combine that with really clever marketing, so they'll spend thousands on the marketing as well, and you might think that a certain food's going to be great for you, where it's not, and it's going to cause you to overeat it. And so there is a thing, like there's certain foods that um, we crave that are good for us, and there's certain foods that we crave that aren't. So food cravings have also been associated with what your body needs in terms of a specific nutrient, vitamin and mineral. But often when we are eating a diet that's completely processed and packaged and we're leading this unhealthy diet, we can't understand the difference. So there's a huge variety of foods that are on offer. We often get really confused with what our body actually is asking for and we grab something with empty calories instead of eating something that's got really nutrient-dense whole foods. So what does it actually mean when your body is craving a sugar-covered donut or ice cream? There's, each individual is quite different, and there are some guidelines to help explain why you might be experiencing like specific um, food cravings and what to look out for. And before I go into them, yeah, it's coming, you've got to go back to the real food diet because as you can see, the more processed and packaged food, the more it is that you're, you know, science has been tricking your mind into thinking that this is good for you or that you want to be craving more and then you're just going to get, start to get hooked and it's going to start to make you not feel so great and you end up just going on this path of constantly craving and eating more and more foods because that's what that food is designed to do. When you eat that, that food that's had a million dollar budget put behind it to make you crave more, that's exactly what it's going to do. It's going to make you want to go out and get it again and again and again. And this is why they make so much money. But when you have a real whole food diet and you've got your one ingredient pantry and you're eating foods that are nourishing and real and from your garden and fresh local produce... When your body is then craving a specific thing, you, you can then start to listen to, to that as a body's cravings for a specific nutrient. But you've got to find the understanding and understand what's actually going on with your body because it can get really confusing when you don't fully know. So, for example, the first thing that often we crave is chocolate. And chocolate is like probably one of the most popular food cravings and particularly amongst women, and often this is a, a, an indication that you might require magnesium, as well as like chromium, B vitamins, or even just essential fatty acids. Chocolate in itself is really high in magnesium, but when you buy a chocolate bar, like a dairy milk chocolate bar from the shop, that's completely different. So a chocolate bar 
um, real chocolate is made from cacao, which can have over 72 different minerals and vitamins in it. And then when you cook cacao, it becomes cocoa, which then loses some of the nutrients in, at, within it. And then when you put that into sugar and you mix that with your um, all the other ingredients that go into a store-bought chocolate, you have lost and you've stripped all of the minerals. Number one, because you're using um, cacao and then sorry cocoa, and then usually they have less than fifty percent of that within it anyway, and then it's loaded up with sugar. So, what magnesium may have been in that raw cacao initially, right at the very start, is very unlikely to be there. And it's very unlikely to be able to top up your magnesium levels if that's something that you're craving. So something like chocolate, when you're at, if you actually think that you need, need that and that's something that you could possibly um, need to replenish the body with, then you want to be making sure that you get a raw cacao powder and make a beautiful raw cacao smoothie or make some chocolate bliss balls using raw cacao powder. But then also make sure that you're eating things like dark leafy greens, nuts and seeds into your diet to help get your magnesium levels up. So something like chocolate, you may be craving the chocolate, but it could be the ingredients within the chocolate, like the magnesium and B vitamins, so you want to make sure you get that really good source of those. Another really common food cravings is your carbohydrates. So craving white flour-based products such as like... Um, breads and chips and savoury biscuits and um, all of these kind of white flour based things that you see in stores often indicate a deficiency in essential amino acid called tryptophan and this is kind of help helps to make the chemical serotonin which is really vital in regulating your mood. So although carbohydrates don't contain tryptophan in themselves they raise your blood sugar levels, which is believed to help more of the essential amino acids be um, produced in the brain. And this craving can be counteracted by including more protein-rich foods in your diet, as well as foods that are higher in tryptophan, such as turkey, eggs, and bananas. So carbohydrate cravings can, can also be a sign of chromium, like a deficient in chromium. So upping your intake of chromium-rich foods, like fruit and vegetables such as apples, capsicum, spinach, avocado, and broccoli can really help with this as well. So another craving is simply meat. Food cravings of meat can be associated with a deficiency in iron or zinc. So without iron, we can become really fatigued, and without zinc, we can be more susceptible to suffering colds and flus as our immune system weakens. So consuming red meat at least once a week can really help up your levels of the iron and zinc as well as other sources like having some good quality soaked lentils or legumes, spinach, pumpkin seeds, shellfish or some good quality cheese if you can handle your dairy as well. So another one is salt. If you're reaching for really salty foods, this could indicate that your sodium levels are really low. And this could be due to dehydration, illness, or just drinking too much alcohol. So try consuming foods that are naturally high in sodium, such as dried anchovies or um, homemade popcorn. And things like salt or food crap. If you popcorn's okay, if you can, if you're okay on corn. For some people, it's it can be quite irritating on the gut. And again, it just depends on the quality of the popcorn as well. So just be careful on that one as well. So salt cravings is often linked to um, 
a fluctuation of stress hormones. And I know for myself, whenever I get really stressed or tired, my sodium levels drop. And so I need to make sure that I'm adding just a little bit more sodium into my water. I put about an eighth of a teaspoon of Himalayan salt into my one litre water bottle um, every day. And I'm drinking probably two and a half to three of those per day. Um, consuming foods which are rich in B vitamins as well. So you, you, again, your nuts and seeds, fruit, vegetables can help you through that time of stress as well. Then oh, there's thing picker, which is a craving, and this can often crave non-food items such as like clay or dirt. Often animals crave this sort of thing, and you might see them licking clay. And this is often seen in children and sometimes in adults. And this can be often something that turns up in pregnancy as well. And again, this is deficiency in iron. Um, can be a deficiency in iron. And so consuming vegetables, um, le lots of leafy greens, nuts and seeds can help you overcome that. So as you can see, there's certain things that are linked to some common food cravings. But there is a way that you can kick them once you start to understand your body a bit more. So all those food cravings can be associated with the brain at a biological level and although um, food scientists are designed to hardwire um, us so that we just can't resist, you want to work on controlling your cravings and know what causes them and know um, how to deal with them. Essentially you want to be reprogramming your brain and research shows that you can simply do this by eating less junk food. So eating a whole real food diet. Eat healthy and you'll notice the cravings for this junk food will start to disappear over time. So my top ways and a few strategies to help you deal with it and make the right food choices so that you can suppress your food cravings are like the following. So the first one would be to change your shopping style. If you've ever attempted to eat healthier, you would have heard me talk about shopping around the outside edge of the supermarket and this is because in general most of the whole foods fruits vegetables eggs meats are all around the outside edge so all the package processed things are all on those inner aisles and up against the counter so avoid all of those and also make sure that you eat before you go to the supermarket as well this is a big thing when you go to the supermarket and you're hungry grumping craving things this is when you're going to make bad choices Enter the inner ring of the supermarket only when you need a few specific items, but make sure you navigate those shelves where it's got chips and chocolate and lollies and soft drinks. Avoid all of those sorts of aisles and go in for your cleaning products and that sort of thing. A five ingredient rule or less, number two. So another good tip is to buy foods which have five ingredients or less on the package. This is a good guide, but eventually you want to be coming down to one ingredient pantry. So what I mean by this is if you were to go buy an ingredient, like, sorry, a, a sauce like chicken marinade, the honey chicken marinade, um, the best type thing to do for this, instead of buying the sauce, which will have a list of, you know, 20 or more ingredients, you can try and hunt out one which has five or less, or you can simply buy some lemon and some honey and some spices and make your own ones. So you want to steer clear of products with ingredients that you can't pronounce and you don't know what they are. And if you are buying any packaged foods, make sure that you can read all of those lists and go for five or less on the package. Number three, eat a breakfast that's really high in protein. 
So there's heaps of research that suggests starting your day with a protein-based meal such as eggs, chicken, nuts and seeds can help reduce your cravings as well as help manage weight and burn your calories. I know for one, if I don't have enough protein in my breakfast, by 10am I'm craving foods and mid-afternoon I'm falling asleep. So just that simple um, breakfast recipe that I found out works perfect for me is the key to setting up my day without food cravings. Balance your blood sugar levels, number four. So food cravings often come about due to blood sugar levels being too low. When we experience low blood sugar levels, this can almost make you want to eat anything and in most cases want to be junk because you just want to get that, that energy back up. So eat smaller meals or make sure that you have snacks throughout your day if you need them. Or just make sure you're having three good, well-rounded meals per day. Create interest in food. So food scientists focus on that dynamic contrast when they process their products, but it's important to keep your mind interested so that you can fulfill all of your food senses. So make your food crunchy, make it colourful, add things like pomegranate to it or sprouts, use a bit of Greek um, yoghurt or coconut yoghurt with some nuts and seeds and just make your food really crunchy, delicious, colourful, nutrient-dense and really interesting. Curb your emotional eating, number six. So studies show that emotional attachment to food and stress and the mood leads to your food cravings, and this is what's going to help you better cope when you start to manage that emotional attachment. So change your behavior from reaching for that sugary drink at a certain time when stress arises, and instead go for a walk or do a workout so you can reduce that tendency to reach for foods. So there's heaps of ways and several different um, things that you can do to overcome your food cravings and understanding how, why they turn up and, and what's happening in it and getting control of your body. So there's some that are biological makeup of consuming um, the really high calorie dense foods. So this is, you know, this is what we're hardwired to do and this is why I'm always talking about eat a really nutrient dense food, have a really good quality breakfast. And when you do that, the food cravings are going to disappear. But this is something that's natural for us to do. But you want to make sure that it's good quality food. And our tendency to use food to cope with emotions and um, to deal with stress is also what um, food scientists are doing. And they make us come back for more by tapping into our emotions and really clever marketing. So all of these things you can move away from putting in front of you and you can start to lessen those cravings because there's nothing worse than spending your day trying to just ignore food cravings because they can take over everything and you lose focus, productivity because all you're doing is focusing on either not having that food item or you're just thinking about it all the time. So try, try these steps out. So just go over them again. Number one, change your shopping style. Number two, five ingredients or less. Number three, eat a breakfast high in protein. Number four, balance your blood sugar levels. Number five, create really interesting food. Number six, curb your emotional eating. So there you have it. A good wee rundown on what um, food cravings are and how you can get in control of them. And like I said, I, we, most of us have experienced them at one point, and I know I certainly um, struggled with them heaps and it wasn't until you know I started eating much more real whole food nutrient dense food that they just disappeared and occasionally they might turn up 
And I had to ask myself, is this turning up because I'm stressed? Is this turning up because I've seen this on a billboard somewhere? Is this turning up because my body actually needs something? And you just start to question exactly what your body's telling you at those times. So hope you enjoyed this episode. (laughs) Go out there and just remember there is no better time than right now for you to start making choices for your body that energize and inspire you. So go out there and do something great today.